0: It's Jim. It's the world of bonds. It's Thursday, the 18th of March 2021 for professional investors only and never investment advice. New highs for US Treasuries yesterday. So the 10 years uh, have got to 173 basis points. That's plus nine on the day. 30 years plus seven to nearly two and a half percent. Two years unchanged for reasons we'll see in a minute. Um, but you know what that means we're seeing a steepening of the yield curve, which won't come as any surprise when you see what the Fed came out with um, after UK markets had closed last night. They put out their dot charts and their expectations for unemployment, inflation, growth over the next um, few years. And um, the median dot, i.e. the middle of the, the Fed members' forecasts showed no expectation of Fed funds rate hikes by the end of 2023. So no rate hikes for 21, 22 or 23. And they'd want to see, inverted commas, substantial further progress before they tapered um, the QE purchases. So um, we have very bullish forecasts for the economy. We have unemployment rate that's below Nairu, that level of unemployment that um, is neutral for generating inflation. So employment's forecast to be Uh, lower than that level. So inflationary effectively. We're seeing core PCE, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, 10 basis points above target, which I guess is uh, consistent with their uh, flexible average inflation targeting regime. Um, And very, very bullish expectations for nominal GDP, I guess, over the next few years. So um, RBC put out a good note this morning talking about the Fed's GDP forecast compared to potential US economic growth uh, for 2021. This year it's going to be 1% above potential. For 2023 it's going to be 3% above potential um, US growth. And we haven't seen that level of out performance of growth versus potential growth for 50 years. And I think, you know, as I say, some people are are worrying whether this is really consistent with no Fed hike for the next three years. Um, Equities rallied dramatically uh, last night. Um, And I guess this is partly on expectations of that very, very strong nominal growth environment. And again, RBC talk about Fed's nominal growth expectations rising from 6% to nearly 9%. Um, and earnings per share growth is correlated with that nominal growth level. So, you know, you think about earnings per share as being a mixture of economic activity, growth and inflation, the ability of companies to... Uh, raise inflation rates. So um, all of those things, more bullish for equities than they are for fixed income, Um, because I think there's some scepticism that the Fed will be able to sit on its hands over the medium term, letting inflation run out of control, as I think some people are starting to, to worry about. However, you know, we we have talked about the risks not being completely to the upside. We we don't quite know what will happen when the economy reopens and how many people on furlough will find that they're actually unemployed. But I think on the face of it, you know, the ARP, this American Recovery Plan Act that has been passed by um, Joe Biden, together with the uncorking of the economy after we come out of lockdowns around the world, Going to be massively bullish for the economy, and I don't think you can argue too much about uh, that Fed nominal growth uh, forecast for 2021 and perhaps into next year. The one kind of fly in the ointment was that a few of the Fed dots, these Fed members who you know show on a dot chart where they think rates are going to be, a few of them did edge higher. So while there was no change to the median dot over the next three years, you know, pointing at zero. in 2022 there was just one dot before forecasting a rate hike in 2022 there now are four dots forecasting a rate hike so the bullish picture for low interest rates remains in place but within that i think you could dig down and say that there are a few more hawkish members in the fed than there were uh, last time out the fed also kicked into grass a little bit or kicked down the line Um, for a future press conference, talk about the SLR. And this isn't something I've talked about on Jim's World of Bonds. I can't claim to be an expert on it or understand it fully. It stands for the Supplementary Leverage Ratio. It's really one for banking analysts to to get really excited about. What it is, is a measure of capital adequacy for banks. It's uh, mathematically calculated as their Tier 1 capital um, over the total leverage exposure and that kind of total leverage exposure in this SLR measure is slightly wider than it would be in a typical bank capital adequacy model. Um, it includes both on and off balance sheet um, leverage and I believe it also includes and this is part of the key one includes uh, deposits held at the Federal Reserve so kind of they the money that they, they keep at the Fed. Now in February, sorry, in April, twenty twenty, the Fed relaxed the SLR rules, and that allowed um, banks to hold more U.S. treasuries um, without having capital against them. Um, that SLR relaxation expires at the end of March, and the reason I'm mentioning the SLR is that people, in technical people in the markets, think that if it doesn't. Uh, get extended this relaxation of the SLR rules, it will reduce demand for US Treasuries from banks at a time when markets are already weak. And you know, a few people are putting up charts showing what percentage of US Treasuries have been bought by the Fed, the, the huge increase in government borrowing um, that we're seeing now, and wondering how we're going to really finance the US government. So, anything that reduced demand for US Treasuries would be another kind of um, potential nail in the coffin for US treasuries and accelerate that move upwards towards 2% 10-year US treasury yields. So worth keeping an eye on, the Fed has said they weren't gonna talk about it last night, but we'll talk about it again imminently. But I guess they might be thinking about extending the relaxation of the SLR rules to allow banks to hold more US treasuries than they would otherwise. Elsewhere, uh, Japan rallying, Nikkei rallying last night, uh, reporting the Nikkei, uh, news outlet uh, reporting the Bank of, England, Bank of Japan rather is widening its yield curve control bands. Officially, they were down at plus or minus 10 basis points um, for the 10-year US Treasury. Since then, they were kind of unofficially increased to plus or minus 20. The newspaper article says they're going to plus or minus 25, although you know, there's a lot of nuance here and that isn't an official number apparently. But uh, apart from that, there were some statements in that news article about the bank of japan being worried about banks profitability around negative rates and doing something to uh, help the banking sector around negative rates and they've removed some of the etf buying guidance limits while retaining the much higher upper limits for them which which i guess you could interpret as being positive for um japanese stocks you know the upper limit is still there, but there's no guidance around the much lower lower limit. So it perhaps unties their hands somewhat. That's it for today. Um, have a, a good weekend if I don't speak to you tomorrow and catch up with you again next week. Bye.